Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Okay, but wait, I have one I have one correction before we get into okay, that. Okay. Um so this was on Reddit through a thread that started out not at all talking about our podcast, totally other thing. It was this guy that was like, Can I still read Animorphs even though I'm an adult? And I'm like, Absolutely you can fucking read Animorphs whenever you want. Um, and I just mentioned it. I'm like, I love it still. I have a podcast about it. I do blah, blah, blah. And somebody's like, you got to tell me your podcast so that I can listen to it if I don't already. Well, it turns out this is my new, uh, friend here whose username is Cassowary Morph. So you already know. Exactly. You already know how we feel about them. Okay. Um, and so Cassowary Morph, um, was like, I was just about to write you guys an email, um, oh, and seriously? They, <laughs> yeah. And they corrected a lot of our World War One, World War Two stuff. So um, here is everything that I got wrong. And it is a decent amount of things. Uh. So uh, after the blah, 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 most recent. But, okay. So foxholes and trenches played significant roles in both wars was my first thing, which so I like. I knew they had both, but I definitely thought trenches were World War One. Foxholes of World War II. So, I know what a trench is. What's a foxhole? Like, what's Those, the comparison? That's, like, just a little depression dug in the ground that you can okay. hide behind, but it's not a full, like, you can't stand up in them yeah. or anything. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. So, I, but my thing was, like, World War One was so it, deeply entrenched in trench warfare. But up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they used it plenty in both and i like i kind of knew they used it in both but for me they're always very separate in my mind so that was wrong um the nazi party was not in existence during world war one and i'm reading directly from cassowary morph here and was actually a response to spreading communism in germany after the war which is deeply ironic since the germans themselves had a significant role to play during world war one and bringing the communist revolution to russia in my mind i think i said this on on reddit as well I always thought that the Nazi party was, like, kind of already brewing by World War One, even though they hadn't, like, come into their own yet. So, I don't uh-huh. know. I'm just wrong. Um, and then Cassowary also put forth, you know, the apparent incongruities in Grandpa G's stuff between, like, World War One and World War Two could be explained if, in fact, Grandpa G had fought in both World War One and World War Two, oh. which would make sense, right? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> So, sure. yeah, so I was willing to buy into that theory. Yeah, if he had just been a grandpa, then then it would have made sense he just did World War II. But since he's great-grandpa and he was probably old as fuck, then yeah, right. I guess it's possible he could have done both. And if he fought in World War One, if they brought him back for World War II, I believe generally, and I don't know why I'm speaking after I just had to correct everything I said in the last <laughs> episode... But I believe generally they'd be in, like, a higher position of power to, like, train the new guys coming up because they'd already seen war. Worst promotion ever. Yes. <laughs> so so now that we've made it through all of that bullshit, 
Please tell me what you thought of this book. What even? What? <laughs> what? Why does Rachel get all the weird morph shit? I don't know. Like, I was just thinking of the allergy cro- alligator crocodile, whatever it was, oh, situation. Yeah. She's just like, oh. It, it has the premise of being like a really kind of funny kind of shenanigans type book. Mm-hmm. But then it gets really fucking dark and really kind of sad. So I don't know. I'm, I will elaborate more as we go through it. But this, okay. this is a real standout book for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> I will say that the cover morph situation mm-hmm. is like... The most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think it was David that saw the cover of this book and he just went, Conehead. <laughs> it might have been Drew. Oh it was God. one of the, those two. Oh my God. <laughs> Conehead. <laughs> Coneheads. And yeah, uh, that is what happens on the cover of this book. Oh my God. <laughs> I, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it's well done, but it's the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen from an aesthetic point of view. See, I thought that. And then when I was reading uh, the morph description about how, like, her thighs, like, ballooned out, I was like, oh, that's worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think wrote it? Oh, no, I don't know. My my PDF didn't tell me this time. Do you know why that is? No. Because it was Applegate. Was it really? Yes, it was. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been so excited since we started the guessing game to get to this book. Really? Oh, <laughs> yes. no. I was like, I want to know what Casey says. <laughs> oh, see, I think I would have guessed it was a ghostwriter, but... Yeah. Oh, my God. that's This changes some things for me. In my, in my better or worse. I well, when we get into it, we can we can talk more about okay. the tone because that's where like that's where the the block is for me. But anyway, we should get into it because I'm ready to rumble. All right, let's do this. Rachel gives us the rundown on the Yerks. We get the normal. They're here. They're taking our bodies. Blah blah. blah. No one cares. They're on a field trip. Their class was taken to the ocean to look at tidal pools because they go on the best fucking field trips ever. Uh, And they're like, let's check out all the cool life in these crazy tidal pools. And Rachel's mostly annoyed. She's like, there's... She's really mad. (laughs) She's very mad. She starts out very angry. She's like, there's boys jumping all over the rocks pretending to be superheroes, but they're bullshit. And there's girls traveling (laughs) in small groups gossiping. I mean, that would annoy me too, honestly. Yeah. Fucking kids. For sure. Fucking kids. Um, And then all these girls are going around, like, gossiping in these small groups. And this really read for me like something like oh i would have enjoyed that once except now who gives a fuck who likes who because other shit's happening that's way more important i appreciated that she doesn't yes. like those girls either <laughs> i like cat i like how cassie's like one of three people that's actually trying to learn yeah cassie was there but cassie was like don't bother me i'm looking at starfish <laughs> fuck right off i love cassie <laughs> cassie is me <laughs> Cassie is the good in all of us. (laughs) She's the good kid. She is the good kid. She's a contender for the magic school bus because she would actually try to learn and do things. (laughs) And she would totally be on board with the crazy shit that happens on the magic school bus. Mm -hmm. Like nothing fucks her up. She's been tiny before. It's fine. She has been. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, um, 
But yeah, so Rachel's like, ah, fuck all these kids. So she's like looking around on her own and she eventually gets to a tidal pool that's really deep, like has this pretty deep crevice in there. And she notices a starfish and she's like, oh, it looks dead. And then it moves and she's momentarily entertained like, oh, it's like it answered me in my head in my head because I said it looked dead. It's like, hey, no. Um, But during this like musing her, of course, her earring slips off and falls into the water apropos of nothing. Conveniently conveniently and uh there are these hammered gold hoop earrings that her dad bought her from portugal and she gets really angry she's like mad at her dad that he bought her these earrings and he's expecting her to wear them she's mad that this happened um and then she like realizes that oh the solution's right here i'm gonna acquire the starfish because the starfish could totally reach that um so (laughs) she acquires it (laughs) which (laughs) i'm going like like, they have no eyes how are you gonna find this unimportant (laughs) <laughs> like, she's very reckless in this initial sequence. Oh, and, um, and Bailey. Bailey happened before this, right? Yes. No, okay. Bailey happens now because she acquires oh, okay. a starfish. She looks around and that's when she sees Bailey. Right. And she, like, got down to her morph suit before she, like, oh, right, looked yeah. around. Because then yeah. he was creepily checking her out and it was icky. And I hated it. It was, it was icky, but it was also, like... So <laughs> she handled it very well. She handled it well, and he was so stupid. He was just like, "You look good," and she's like, "Fuck off." And she's like, like, "I no, know, you fuck good. you." <laughs> she's like, literally, "I know, what of it?" He's like, "No, you look good," and she's like, if, "Like, go away." And he's like, "No, you look good. Like, you look good." <laughs> like, oh my and god, that's all he get says. Out. Yeah, dude, it's not working. Go away. You need to leave. You fucking need to leave, Bailey. Um, And I do like that throughout this book, Bailey is mentioned other times. Yeah. (laughs) So it's great. Um, But yeah, and then he, then after like the fifth or sixth time he was rejected, she tells him that, you know, he just needs to leave and he calls her a stuck up bitch and she goes, and that's how you just learned the difference between good looks and a good personality. Damn! <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Dabs. Oh, dabs. Dabs on real hard. <laughs> oh, God. That's what would have happened if these books were written in the late 2010s. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to say dabs when I dab because no one can see me dab. I didn't even realize till after that that when I said dab, I too did dab, but it was really high to avoid the microphone. So it was like oh, a rip mic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that kid. He leaves. And she sees this other couple way down the beach with two kids. And she's like, well, they're far enough away. This is fine. So she morphs to starfish. And she like has this weird gross morph that we kind of mentioned because like it, her like legs all ballooned out. And like she just turned into like a literal starfish. Like there's not much there. This is um, Patrick. Exactly what I thought. <laughs> okay. So anyways. Uh, she spends more time figuring out how to get into the fucking pool and whether she's going up or down than anything else. She does, by crazy random happenstance, touch the earring, figures out how to get it into her weird starfish mouth, and then slowly ew. climbs back out of this pool. Um, and as she gets out of it, hits the top... All of a sudden, wham, she gets hit, and it's bad. Like, she's cut in half, fucked up, about to die. And that's when she's like, I have to demorph as fast as I can to save myself. And so she does, and when she gets back to her human self, 
she sees this little kid with this shiny new shovel and she's like, that's the motherfucker right there. And she's like, I'm going to go kill him. And then she's like, no, wait, Bailey is the one I must kill. He started this. (laughs) (laughs) And she takes off screaming like she's going to murder him. Side note. When she was demorphing, her eyes morphed first. And that was oh, the yes. thing that squicked me out so bad. <laughs> Just a half a little starfish with two blue eyes on it. Anyways, it was super gross, mm-hmm. is the point. Yeah, so Rachel takes off going to murder Bailey. And then Rachel demorphs and sees a few other people, including a blonde girl running off into the distance She finds her earring wedged between her toes and is relieved and starts thinking about her parents for only a moment. Then she realizes she's shaking because she's terrified. And then she thinks about how she was so mean to Bailey and how she should apologize because he was just like trying to be nice. So maybe she'd go on a date with him to make up for it. But oh, no, wait, that would hurt Tobias's feelings. So she makes it back to the bus, (laughs) finds her things. I'm so fucking confused at this point. (laughs) Fucking... She she puts on her sweater and this other girl on the bus is like, oh my God, I love your sweater. And she's like, thanks. I got it from Abercrombie on sale. It was like 33% or something bullshit like that. I don't know. And the other girl's like, do you want to go shopping? And Rachel's like, oh, I should go shopping, but no, I shouldn't. Cause I said I'd go with Tobias. Would that hurt his feelings? Maybe I should though. Shopping's more fun. So <laughs> then she's like. I'm not going to go flying with Tobias because it's so scary. Maybe Cassie will go shopping with me. Mm, No, probably not. And then after Rachel's like going through this whole thing in her head, the other girl's just like, never mind. (laughs) So God, so appreciate that (laughs) at this point in the book. So I was reading the, the ebook that's online for free to read. It's legit. I'm not, I'm not being a creep. Um, Mm -mm. But like, you know, there's like typos in it. And I'm never really clear about where the chapter breaks are. Mm -hmm. So I kind this is where I got super fucking confused. I did not gather that there were two demorph sequences at this point. So I was just really confused about why Rachel was suddenly in a rage. And then she was suddenly like this total like valley girl ditz person. So I must have blacked out for this because I legit do not (laughs) remember any of this. Well, I the I kind of stressed it um, when we were going through it. When you're reading it, it is a lot more subtle than that. Like, yeah, you kind of catch it, but it also like you could very easily skim right past it and like not pick up that there was two demorph sequences. Uh huh. So it it's not like just the ebooks that might be part of it, <laughs> but it's not only that. Yeah. Yeah. We got to start getting you the physical copies. You need them more than me. <laughs> I can, I can do the next one. I, I've seen that one in the library. So I'll, I'll okay. do that for the next one. Side note. Why is she thinking about not Tobias again? Stop emotionally cheating on Tobias. <laughs> this is a weird journey that nice Rachel takes throughout the books. Like she just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't just, fucking know. I just, whatever. I have more to say about this, but we can do it later. Oh, I have plenty more to say, but it'll, <laughs> it'll come up. Yes. It'll come up naturally. Um, but this is fine because here's the next chapter. Uh, Rachel met up with Tobias and basically just continues to monologue about the sheer power of eagles oh and how God. this is true power. And at first, it doesn't seem like it because you're shrinking, but then the ripping talons and the beak, it's fantastic. Um, and then Tobias is like, yo, you ready? <laughs> and she's like, 
Okay, so they go flying, they get some thermals, and Rachel's monologuing. And it's fantastic until they get over a river, and Rachel's like, ah, some fish below. She goes careening towards the water, screaming, bird of prey, Tobias, prey! And he's like, are you okay? Did you lose control? And she just careens into the water, catches a fish, and then proceeds to eat it. Mentioning how she ate its still beating heart. What the fuck, David? <laughs> kind of, except David was like, oh no, I just lost control. My bad. And Rachel's like, I will eat its I still will beating see this heart. to the end. <laughs> I am the Grand Master. Thank you. <laughs> I am fire. I am death. <laughs> she literally at one point in this book screams, I am a goddess! Oh my god. <laughs> like, it's so, amazing. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I love it. I, I love it so much. Oh okay, sorry, I have to keep going. This, this, there's something so good coming up. Yes. Okay, so we, we cut back to the mall. Rachel is endlessly yammering at Cassie about like, oh my god, look at this sale. I want this. Wouldn't it be great if I got something on sale? Oh my god. And in my notes, I wrote I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Uh. So she's trying to figure out the logistics of buying matching outfits with Cassie. They'll have to like call each other before they wear it and like if Cassie wears it, she can't wear it the next day. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, like, for sure. Totally. (laughs) Fuck you. Like, for sure. Totally. (laughs) I've not thought about that movie in, like, 500 years. That movie is so good, though. It's Valley Girl, for anybody who's With Nicolas Cage. Nicolas fucking Cage. As a baby. It's so upsetting. The ending part of the movie is set to, I'll stop the world and melt with you. Nice. It's amazing. Valley oh. Girl is an amazing movie. Oh my god. Oh, I love that one. The only thing I remember is that line and he like, spoilers, he has sex with some random girl in a club and then he feels really bad afterwards. Well, you would too if you had to. <laughs> <laughs> hooked up with somebody in a gross club. Yeah. Ugh. It was disgusting. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. The the whole like, like for sure, totally. And then him just being angry and being like, fuck you, for sure. Like totally. <laughs> Mocking her. Didn't he have a really um, gross friend too? Yeah, like a really like skeezy, yeah. um, like punk friend. Yeah, yeah, like those guys from Greece. Tell but then he about. turned out to be like with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Character growth. Yeah, it's all great. I I really enjoy that movie. We should watch that again. Do Maybe it. that's what we can do for another side cast is a Valley Girl review. Valley Girl cast. <laughs> the Valley Girl cast, yeah. Anyways, uh, f- sorry, for sure, totally. Yeah. Uh, Rachel's in the mall. Um, she bumps into this girl who's bigger than her, and she's like, oh my god, I'm sorry. And the girl's like, the giant mean girl is like, what the fuck, get out of my way. And Cassie puts an arm on Rachel, like, don't do anything. Don't, like, just calm down. It's fine. And then the mean girl's like, get off your preppy blonde ass out of my way. Blonde butt is something I specifically remember her calling Rachel. And then Rachel just runs out of the store crying, goes to sit on a bench outside of Baby Gap. And Cassie's like, what did you do with Rachel? (laughs) At this point, Um, I I figured out what was happening. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. Because no one else has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I was shocked I got it so quickly because normally it takes me a while with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it took me a lot longer when I was first reading this book, mm-hmm. too. And I was like, why is this written so weirdly? <laughs> the one thing I wasn't sure about at that moment was how many Rachels were there. I thought maybe there were like five Rachels, which would have been way too many. Oh my fucking God. Can you imagine? No, I, I don't like want to. Seven sins of Rachel. <laughs> yes! That'd be kind of amazing. <laughs> that would actually be pretty good. We should explore this idea later. Yes. This would be so good. Okay, anyways, anyways, Rachel walks into the mall. She hates the mall. Everybody is an idiot. (laughs) Plus, it took a really long time for her to find it because she really couldn't focus on what was happening. But nonetheless, there's boys with gross faces. There's trophy wives with gross husbands. And everything is stupid. (laughs) Rachel needs new clothes. So here she is. Um, She got home and she realized all of her clothes were girly clothes. And while, yes, she was a girl... She's not a squeaky clean preppy girl. She wants leather, damn it. Leather. Oh my god. That's her look. She she is Crowley in a zero fail. At this point. I don't know what that means. From Good Omens. Oh. I don't okay. Sorry. You just told me you watched I, I did, but it takes me time because I have so much media in my head. Sometimes sure. I have to catch up. Okay. Maybe it's it was very just a bad, bad comparison. It no, it... I haven't learned names yet. <laughs> I'm only on episode two. She's David Tennant and Michael, whatever his name is. That's what I've learned. Okay, anyways, um, here's my favorite part, maybe of the whole book. There was a couple that had a two-year-old, and they're both like, oh my god, he's taking his first steps, isn't this amazing? And Rachel blows past him. I assume knocks him over, though that was not explicitly <laughs> stated. And they're like, hey, my son's just learning to walk. And then she goes, yeah, with your genetics, that's probably all it's going to accomplish. Oh! (laughs) So good. But wait, there's more. So (laughs) Rachel sees Cassie up ahead and she's like, oh, fuck that. So she ducks into a Williams-Sonoma to avoid Cassie. And that's when Rachel bumps into that same mean girl that bumped into Rachel earlier. Oh, my fucking God. I forgot about this And that girl's (laughs) oh, it's so good. And that girl's like, hey, crybaby. And Rachel, in Rachel's head, nicely warns her that she's a hideous, putrid, disease-ridden lump of lard. The girl tries to go after Rachel like, what the fuck did you say to me? And Rachel pushes her into a countertop that has a knife display on it, grabs her sweater, and starts taking knives, and one by one, stabbing them through her sweater into the counter to pin her down. And she uses, like, nine fucking knives and then lifts the cleaver above her head, is about to bring a meat cleaver down onto her head, and then realizes, well, this girl's kind of like me. I kind of like that. So instead, she just grabs her cheek, pinches it, like, kind of, like, moves her head, like, and was like, oh, I'll let this go. Puts the meat cleaver down and then walks out of the store. (laughs) Like, goodbye. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) I feel like if this had been happening later in the book, she definitely would have killed that girl. A hundred percent she would have killed that girl. Oh my god. Like, I honestly think if this wasn't young adult fiction, that meat cleaver just would have gone down into her head. Yep. This is like... Watchman style. Fan-fucking-tastic is what this is. Oh my god. You can obviously tell I'm delighted. I... Ugh. That girl... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. Oh, okay so um 
Rachel's at the barn now, which may or may not be scary, because it could be scary if it was dark, but it's, like, not dark now. But there are animals, which could be scary. Oh, my God. And, you know, <laughs> you know. <sighs> and then she's like, I can't believe I ever morphed. Like, that's so scary. There's so much. So much. Um, and then Cassie's like, Rachel isn't herself. And everybody's like, what do you mean? And, like, she's like, tell Marco what you said about him earlier. And she's like, oh, like, I think Marco's funny and he's kind of cute. And Marco's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And Marco's like, I know, I know many truths. The Cubs never win the World Series, which was fucking hilarious, by the way, because, you know, they just did like two years ago or whatever. And that Scully never, ever believes Mulder and that Rachel does not think I am funny. (laughs) And then Jake is like... Axe, restrain her. She's a yerk. And so he he puts his tail blade up to her throat, and she's like, oh my god, this is so scary. Like, I would fall over, but then I would die on his tail blade. Um, and Cassie is like, she's not a yerk, because she wouldn't act like this if she were a yerk. That would be suspicious. And Tobias is like, yeah, earlier she was super weird, too. Like, really aggressive, and ate a fish's still-beating heart. Um... <laughs> So Axe, like, lowers his tail blade, and then the barn doors just burst open, and Rachel comes walking in, asking what the mission is and how many Yerks get to die. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this is where we now know there are two Rachels, for sure. <laughs> two Rachels. Marco makes a horrific comment. Oh, which, oh, yes. Oh, this is not the first time Marco <laughs> makes extremely inappropriate comments. Jesus Christ. This child, um, but, okay. So nice Rachel is extremely confused. She's like, what the fuck is happening? Meanwhile, mean ranch Rachel goes on a rampage. Marco starts saying something like, oh, look, now there's one for me and one for Tobias. This is great. Mm-hmm. So mean Rachel, without any word of warning, goes straight into a flying double barrel kick to the chest, pins Marco to the ground, grabs his hair, and starts telling him he needs to shut up about this or she'll kill him. Fuck. And, like, nice Rachel is just uh, doing her preppy valley girl thing in her own head. No one cares. <laughs> and then <laughs> mean Rachel starts threatening nice Rachel and, like, wraps her on the head. And she's like, ow. Like, and then mean Rachel's like, I asked you a question. And then starts threatening her again. And Jake's like, okay, no threatening anybody. So Rachel turns around towards Jake and starts going, I'll fucking fight you. I'll beat the shit out of you. I don't give a shit. I'll fucking fight you right now. Let's go outside as long as that pet Andalite stays out of it. I'll beat your ass. <laughs> like, so aggro. really intense. Oh, my God. Um, and then Marco's like, excuse me, I I have another body joke if Axe will protect me so I can tell it. <laughs> oh, my God. He's such a troll in this book. He's the worst in this book. Oh, um, and then Eric the Chi shows up and is just like, what the hell What's is going happening? What's guys? Yeah. What is and they're this like, fuckery? He's like, what's, what's, what is this? And then they're like, there's two Rachels. And then he's like, okay, well, here's the shit you need to know about the mission. He just kind of like brushes it off. He's like, okay. He kind of, he's like giving him the major side eye, but like not doing anything. <laughs> Fucking Eric. <laughs> Eric is just like I love him in this book. He's so, he's so funny and then he's so depressing. I know he's such a buzzkill, but he's so fucking silly. Ugh. He is so silly. This is my favorite part: is when Rachel's like, 
we're gonna go like rush right in go kill them all and then we'll get a flamethrower and eric is like you guys are really weird i think i should stop hanging out with you and then ditzy (laughs) jill is like eric's kind of cute i guess and I'm just like, if I cannot. he wasn't a robot. Yeah. But I'm then just he's like, like a thousand years old, so he's got the mature thing going on. I was like, I cannot handle Ditsy Horny Rachel. It's bad. I have so much not good feelings towards that <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> oh. But also, every time I really relate to mean Rachel, I worry about myself a little. Oh, no. <laughs> because I'm like, ah, she knocked a child over. <laughs> that's well, funny. That's Wait, that's bad. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. They liked that kid. By societal conventions, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's not the best thing you could do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I still support it, though. Knocking children over? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyways. I mean, they're probably just right going to knock themselves over. They're going to run into a wall or something. Anyway, let's yeah, not. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Kids, especially if this is his first time walking, of course he's going to fall on his ass any minute now. What does it matter if he gets knocked down? That'll learn you. As Chumbawamba said, <laughs> he gets up again. <laughs> oh my god. I apologize. No, do not. That was amazing. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, so then we switch to me and Rachel's perspective. And literally, this is how they're in the books. It's nice, Rachel and me and Rachel. So we're not, like, saying that as, like, we're being the derogatory ones. That is how it is defined. So we switch to me and Rachel's perspective, where she's like, our plan is to go in guns a-blazing to the York Pool and destroy the anti-morphing ray that Eric just told us about. And Jake's like, hey, why don't we wait for Eric to give us all the details before we just make plans willy fucking nilly and then so eric's like okay so he gives them like the download on like oh they have this anti-morphing ray it's at this facility blah 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 details and jake's like great we have it from here and eric's like thank god and he walks out he's He's like like, fuck this shit i'm out (laughs) he was like i want no part of whatever's (laughs) happening in there (laughs) oh fucking love eric uh, in this book yeah, Eric is just like, things have gotten weird, but this is too weird for me, so I'm done. I've been alive for <laughs> millions of years, and I cannot even. Yeah, and you guys are the weird ones, and millions of years, this is what I don't want to participate in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, it's great. Um and Tobias is the one that really brings it back home. Cause he's like, yeah, great. We have to take care of that morphing ray thing for sure. But what about this two Rachel thing? And mean Rachel's like, what? Am I not enough for you? You need, like, you can, you can ditch the pinhead, Rachel. I'm your girl. And Tobias is like very awkward. Like, that's not what I was meaning to, to say. Like, that's not at all what I meant. And then Jake's like, okay, Rachel, what what happened today? Like, recount your days. And me and Rachel's like, school, field trip, here. And that's it. What else matters? And nice Rachel's like, so this morning I, like, had a shower. And then, and they're like, nope, nope, too much detail. Like, fast forward to the field trip. What happened on the field trip? And that's where it eventually comes out. Like, oh, I lost an earring, more starfish, got cut in half. Okay, great. Now we all know. So, um, then it turns into an argument where mean Rachel's like, 
this was just a stupid gift because of guilt. And Nice Rachel is like, no, he's our dad. He loves us. And she's like, no, he's not. He's trying to buy our affections. It means nothing. I <laughs> like, fucking love this conversation. <laughs> I fucking love why, it. Why do you love this conversation? <laughs> well, first of all, it reminded me of like Smeagol and Gollum in The Two Towers. Oh, I didn't make that comparison. It was it was literally like like an internal struggle, but like made literal. Mm-hmm. Like this is probably how Rachel feels about her dad, like inside. Well, obviously because these are the blah, 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 parts of Rachel. Yes. but like I just love that it came to the forefront, and it was such like a a weird thing to kind of bring up in that moment. But I mean, not really. But and that it comes back later. I don't know. I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I loved that about this conversation as well. And the other ones that you, you mentioned come up later. Just this, like, <laughs> you don't have every anything. internal conflict, and now it's happening yeah. in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Just all the interactions between the Rachels are just gold to me. Ugh. Yes. And as they grow through this book and change is yes. really awesome as well. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Individually, I um, hate both of them, but together they are. Individually, I don't love either of them. I like Mean Rachel. I dislike Nice Rachel. I, ugh. I could not with either of them. I'm just, ugh. Mean Rachel, I, I felt like if she had just pushed through... Let, well, we'll continue on. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to okay. spoil anything before we get there for our dear listeners who have already read these books. Eh. But here we go. <laughs> and Shannon, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, so they're, they're arguing back and forth about this gift and whether it was guilty or nice or blah, blah, blah. And uh, then they're just interrupted by Jake, who's like, okay, knock this shit off. We can't. And Cassie was like, I think I know what's going on. And they're like, okay, what the fuck? She's like, starfish regenerate, right? Like, when you cut off a limb, it grows another starfish. So probably what happened was when she got cut in half and demorphed, she somehow regenerated. And Marco and Axe are, like, in this moment, extremely interested by this phenomena in, like, a scientific way that does not <laughs> pertain to what's going on. They are Science like, boys. Yeah, they were both, like whoa, regeneration, that's totally fucking cool. <laughs> Tell us more about Starfish. Thanks, and Ms. how Frizzle. did she get these, like, yeah, exactly. Or, like, how did they get these differences in personalities? This is very interesting. And Jake's like, okay, wrap it up. Rachel, nice Rachel, go home. Mean Rachel, also go home. And mean Rachel's like, I'll fucking kill you. And then they just leave her. Oh, like, my fuck God. It, you can't. I, okay, two things. Uh, yes. I fucking love Jake in this entire book. <laughs> everyone's being a fucking nuisance and he's just trying to be a good leader and keep everyone on track. I love that. Yes. Secondly, where is a starfish's brain? I don't know that they have or like a true brain. I think they just have a nervous system, right? I guess cuz like I don't a jellyfish. I don't necessarily see what Rachel getting cut in half as a starfish is different than like Jake getting his tail snapped off as a lizard. You know what I mean? I think because it was half and half is the only reason, and because the starfish have that regeneration ability. Because, but like lizards can grow their tails back. Yeah, but I like I think it's because of the regeneration that made the difference. Because <gasps> if they had gotten their tail cut off in battle, which has happened in this book, Rachel gets an arm sliced uh-huh. off, 
and they can morph out of the rest of the body. I think it was that regeneration ability that made the difference. What the, Why it split their personalities, I don't know. What would happen if they were an earthworm? Because you cut an earthworm in half and it grows like new worms. You get like two worms. Does it? Isn't it? Like if you cut an earthworm in half, then like both the halves are alive and they're they're basically two new entities. I don't know. Okay, hang on. First Google search, where is starfish brain? Where is brain? <laughs> what a starfish lack well, a starfish lacks a centralized brain. It has a complex nervous system with a nerve ring around the mouth and a radial nerve running along the ambulacral region of each arm parallel to the radial canal. Mm-hmm. So it it doesn't have a brain, it's just a nervous system. You're a nervous system. Okay. <laughs> I am. My anxiety is crippling. No. <laughs> Uh, and the second question was about... Earthworms. Earthworms. Do earthworms require planning permissions? What? 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 Um, do earthworms... Oh, it corrected my word. Do earthworms... How would I phrase this? Regenerate when cut in half. There we go. If an earthworm splits in two, it will not become two new worms. The head of the worm may survive and regenerate its tail... The animal is cut behind the clitellum. The original tail of the worm will not be able to grow a new head or the rest of its vital organs and will instead die. Oh. Well, fucking somebody lied to me. Zoo books. It, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame zoo books. I was pretty sure. I'll, I'll blame zoo books. Fuck it. I'm on board. They're not a sponsor. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... <laughs> Yes. So, starfish, no real brain, just a centralized nervous system. Good to know. Yes. So now, I I mean, I guess it makes a difference. I don't think there's a lot of science going on here. I think there's a small amount of science <laughs> going on here. <laughs> uh, it's great, whatever uh, it is. It's great. Whatever it is, it made this book. Yes. And that is okay by me. All right, so... Nice Rachel sitting on her bed at home when mean Rachel starts demorphing on the floor from cockroach right in front of her. Nice Rachel was disgusted. Like, oh my God. Like, ew. And mean Rachel, when she's done demorphing, kicks nice Rachel to the floor. Get the fuck off my bed. This is bullshit. Nice Rachel is holding her Bobo bear and is now almost in tears. And this is just a teddy bear, which we find out later. Um, and at this point, one of Rachel's sisters walks past and she's just like, Rachel, are you talking to yourself? And <laughs> the nice Rachel's like, yeah. And then mean Rachel's like, yeah, what of it? And her sister's like, nothing, just tracking your level of insanity today. <laughs> her sister's <laughs> so sassy. So sassy. <laughs> oh, I love Jordan. Oh, me too. I love them both. I love the sass though. Um, so then Rachel's like, continuing to discuss what's going on quietly amongst themselves. And it's a stunted conversation because neither of them can really hold a thought for very long, especially nice Rachel. She's like unable to really think anything through. Mm. So um, eventually nice Rachel mentions something about the mission and mean Rachel's like, that's it. I'll go on the mission because she's like, what do I do? What do I do with my body? And nice (laughs) Rachel's like, Jake said you have to stay home. And Mean Rachel's like, I will overtake Jake and become the leader, for I am strong, and the weak shall submit to the strong. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I know. Um, oh. And then mean Rachel morphs and takes off, telling nice Rachel, do not sit on the bed while I am gone. I will know if you do. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then starts what is honestly the most horrific part of the book for me. And that is every time nice Rachel says, daddy. Oh my God. I agree. (laughs) No one should ever say daddy. That word is banned. The only time I accept it, I have one exception and it is, it's not Griffin because I hate it when Griffin says daddy. (laughs) Um, Daddy. It is daddy. (laughs) It is Jack Whitehall, the British comedian. He has a travel show with his dad who gets mad. It's supposed to be a gap year trip. That he's taking his dad on, but his dad only likes nice things and hates all foreign countries because he's like an old British man. (laughs) And so when they check into the hostel, the dad realizes they're in a room with other people and he leaves and Jack Whitehall follows him out going, Daddy, Daddy, come back. (laughs) No, Daddy. (laughs) And that is the only exception. (laughs) Daddy. Daddy. (laughs) Because you're my daddy. We can't get through a single (laughs) podcast episode without mentioning McElroy's. Anyway. Um, yeah. So nice Rachel writes down a note that says call daddy. I I can't say it. Let's come up with a voice that I can use this entire time because I can't straight say this word. It's gross. Ugh. I think it's just going to have to be daddy. Daddy. <laughs> the whole time. Okay. We're set. All right. We're good. So nice Rachel takes a moment. She's contemplating how this war is making mean Rachel strong and nice Rachel is getting weaker. And that soon means that mean Rachel will take over everything and there won't be much of her left. And then nice Rachel's like, oh, write my note. And so she dials her dad's number into the phone. This is about when we cut to one of the weirder scenes in the book where mean Rachel is flying into the night as an owl monologuing about how she is the ruler of the night, the supreme flyer. Shut the fuck up. She's like Visitor 3. Okay, you literally just said everything I was feeling while reading this. I'm like, she sounds like Visitor 3. She sounds like the Helmicrons. Like, I cannot take it. She sounds like Invader fucking Zim. I cannot take her seriously. Yes. See, and I... Like, that's one of the funniest things. I hated it from the Helmicrons. Just, they are so annoying. Yes. But when Fizzer 3 does it, when Invader Zim does it, it's funny. And that's kind of, like, what I was imagining. Sure. It was, like, she's just kind of funny when she does it. It's just... Because it's nuts. It's absolutely, yeah. It's cartoony. It's so, it's so cartoony. Like, I don't like, know. It's, like, it's... Like, especially when in the scene coming up where... She's like, no, do not kill me. I do not wish to be killed. I'll destroy you. Like, she has no sense. I'm sorry. I can't picture a 13-year-old girl talking like that, no matter how crazy she is. Like, it's just, it, the tone for me, just, like, really, it threw me off a lot. Like, I love the scene coming up with the cat, and I have a lot to say Mm -hmm. about that. But, like, the way that Rachel's inner dialogue was just, like, upset me so much. Like, I just didn't buy it. I'm sorry, Kay Applegate. <laughs> I could I could see that for sure. And a, a lot of the parts that I found great didn't have to do necessarily with her inner dialogue. Yeah. But I loved when she would fly off the handle, that dialogue that would come out that was, like, 
so intense and like so not going to happen. Like that was yeah. the best part. Like it was so good. Like I'm fine with all of her actions. It's just her inner dialogue that's bothering me. Yeah. Yeah, some of that is is a little much. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. But it's still good. This part, okay. So this next part hit me so good. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you tell me your feelings first. And then I'm going to tell you why I loved it so much. So, um, <laughs> Rachel is off towards the Byers Research Institute. The Dallas which Byers is, Club. The Dallas Byers Club. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that it's a, a casino? It's a movie, I guess. Oh. That's all I thought of whenever I read. Byers Research Institute. Yeah. Bryce. Yes. <laughs> so she's going there to do some damage. She spots a tabby cat below her hunting and decided this kill would be the warm-up kill. This would be my prequel. This is my amuse-bouche to the bloodbath I had. (laughs) So she aimed and swooped in, and she's a second away from getting this cat and squishing its head in her talons. And then the cat jumps sideways, and she realizes it was hunting a mouse. The mouse spotted her and looked up at her and alerted the cat that she was there. And then the cat jumped out of the way. So Rachel's blood just boils at this cat and this mouse. She is so angry. She wanted that kill. She's in such a rage, and it boils out of her like a fucking volcano. She actually loses control of her body and tumbles to the ground, wings and legs flailing, and she is just screaming. And she screams until the rage leaves her body, and there is only a small amount of fear left. And then she's like, not one to let setbacks get in the way. I'm going to keep going and heads off towards the Byers Research Institute. Okay. (laughs) So. Tell me your feelings. (laughs) Okay. So this isn't the first time this happens, but I didn't know that. So all I read at first was, wow, Rachel doesn't kill a cat. And now she's throwing a big ass hissy fit on the ground. Yes. Yeah. But. Because this happens again later, and now that I'm, like, reliving it now, I'm just like, holy shit. Um, wow. It, like, it it doesn't have the same emotional impact right now as it does later. So it just kind of seems, like, weird at this point, I think. Um. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, like, I'm trying to put myself in that position into, like, being so mad that your blood is just boiling and you and you completely lose control and like people start like punching walls or kicking things or whatever. So I'm like yes. I'm trying to put myself in that like I don't usually get that angry, so it's hard for me to like put myself in that position, but I don't know, what do you think? Oh, I'm in that position. I my heart rate is elevated right now. Like I I know that so well. <laughs> like this is one of the things that I relate to. And not so much now that I'm like an adult. But when sure. I was, like, a teenager, I, like, I know that exact position of, like, this is going to sound weird, but have you ever felt so mad that it actually, like, your temperature rises, you mm-hmm. feel so angry, and you're like, if anything came at me right now, I would fucking destroy it. Like, I'm so mad that nothing can fuck with me in this moment. Yeah. That's, like, I just, I, it's something that I relate to so much because I'm, like, I know that feeling, and I know, like getting so mad that you want to punch a wall or punch a door like you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i've just i've been there more than once (laughs) and like 
it just resonates with me so much. Okay. And I'm like, I can call back those feelings now. So like, I'm feeling myself starting to get like flush. Oh, no. and, like, my heart rate's going up and I'm like, yes, I know this. Like I can, I don't know. Scream into a pillow. I get into it. See, I don't, I've never found that helpful to be helpful. Yeah. What's helpful? Walking for a long time mm-hmm. in the, in the night. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like Rachel just got so worked up that she just kind of freaked out. Lost her shit. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. And like, if you had no other emotions or few other emotions to buffer that, yes. can you imagine like the spiral of rage she would be in? And she's just all emotion. Like even as a complete person, mm-hmm. she mostly relies on emotion to express herself. Yeah. And yeah, I can't imagine just reacting any other way. No. Ugh. And I just, I loved that it wasn't, like, yes, it was like a temper tantrum the way it was described, mm-hmm. but, like, it's so much pure rage. It's literally like, I have lost control yeah, of Yeah, I'm incapacitated everything. by this. <laughs> exactly. I'm incapacitated with rage. It's <laughs> <laughs> the maddest I've ever been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just... I, there's something about that rage that just every time I'm like, I know this. Like yeah. this is this is familiar to me. <laughs> uh, <sighs> not not the older I get, the less it it like it's been years. Sure, since that's happened. But, but I really like that you're telling me this because I feel like that's the mark of a really good author is to capture an emotion and having somebody really go like, oh, that's me. I've done that. Because, like, I personally don't relate to it, but the fact that you do is, like, I don't know. That's, I feel like... Distressing. No, it's not. <laughs> uh. No, yeah, no, I, I totally know what you're saying with that. It, like, validates it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, this may not be my character trait, yeah. but it is something that happens to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite the, uh, the feeling. Woo. I don't, the Valley Girl thing, though, it does not resonate with me. Nor me. I was not also that person. No. no. But but you relate to Cassie more anyway, so. So me and Rachel, she lands at the Institute, and she's, like, scoping out the place, and it's kind of configured weird. It's not, she's so fast-paced, it's not really important. She realizes it's probably in the basement that all this shit's going down. So she's like, there's a lot of places to hide this thing, but, like, let's just wait it out for a second. So suddenly an alarm starts going off, and she's like, oh, shit, my friends are in there fighting, and I'm missing it. So she's like, here's this big rig that's, like, parked in one of the the loading docks or near one of the loading docks. So she's like, hell yeah, it's transporting new cars, so it's one of those trucks that has, like, six cars balanced at, like, 45-degree angles (laughs) on the fucking thing. Yeah. So she's like, hell yeah. So she lands on the ground, goes to Grizzly. She gets into the cab of the truck, pulls the guy out who's like, whoa, what the, what the fuck? And uh, he's like protesting while she climbs into the cab of the truck. She lets the clutch go, which she's like, holy shit, I'm moving forward. Great. 
And she, like, starts rolling out of the way, hits the gas, turns this thing, which she's, like, is very hard with ham-sized paws. She aims towards one of the loading dock doors, guns it, speeds right into the bay. And, of course, those things are, like, five feet of fucking concrete at the bottom, right? It's not like a ramp that you can, like, go in and come out of. There's a hard stop of cement. So she slams the cab of the truck into that thing. She, like, hits the steering wheel, gets halfway out the windshield. The car's on top. Whatever's, like, holding them down lets go because it wasn't meant for this. And those cars start slamming through this big door that, like, you know, the big doors that roll up so they can move shit in there. Cars just start slamming through there and, like, crashing it open. And Rachel's like, oh, it takes more than a truck accident to stop a grizzly. So she, like, climbs out of this truck, even though, like, the steering wheel's in her chest and she's all kind of fucked up. And uh, then she's like, oh, hey, look, a silver Mercedes Benz. Cut to nice, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I loved that foreshadowing so much. It was like, why even bother cutting it? We all know how this is about to go down. (laughs) (sighs) But anyways, nice Rachel calls her dad. Her daddy. Daddy. And uh, luckily she can't hold a conversation to save her fucking life. Oh my god, it was so painful to read. I hated it. All the conversations with her dad, I'm just like, oh my god, fucking punch her. I wanted to punch her and I also, I feel like my integrity as a note writer here is very compromised because I could not be bothered to write down what had just happened. Yeah, it's it's garbage, basically. It's just straight garbage. She's like, Daddy, something's bothering me. And he's like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I can't tell you. And he's like, ah! it drugs? You're, you've and already failed. Like, Die. I know. Already failed. And she's like, I took two Motrin. Oh, no, it's not drugs. And he's like, is it? boys your mom can talk to you about boys and rachel's like how did you know but it's one's an alien and her dad's like oh that's okay my housekeeper's an alien she does a great fucking job and rachel's like what you know an alien i mean it's like kind of funny like everything her dad has to say is really funny to me but everything she says i'm just like shut up though yeah, her dad is he's hilarious. He's rolling with it pretty but, well, but he's like, ugh, I felt so bad for him. I just, I hated her so much. I didn't even feel bad for her dad. I was just like, <laughs> fuck you, stop talking. Oh, <sighs> so, yeah, so he's like, yeah, she's from the Ukraine. She has a great job. And then she's like, oh, that kind of alien. Well, we learned about the new Soviet Union and then something about new and old. And why did you call it? Why are you so Space cadet. Exhausting. I mean, we know why she's a space cadet. But fucking still. (laughs) So she's like, I would be breaking a terrible rule if I told my dad everything over the phone. So she's like, can you come over tomorrow? And then she's going to tell him Everything the Animorphs knows and about the entire fucking war. No, honey, no. Uh, so her dad's like, yeah, I'll be there. And then they hang up and her dad calls right back and Rachel's mom answers the phone and all Rachel can hear is them arguing about Rachel being Aww. on drugs. Yeah. Which is awkward because Naomi's like, unlike you, I see her every day. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I would know if she were on drugs. Divorce fallout, yay. But guess who never becomes a major player in this entire book? Naomi. Naomi. She's too busy being (laughs) lawyer of the year. 
She is she is lawyer of the century at this point. She's the ultimate lawyer. <laughs> lawyer supreme. Lawyer god. She, the goddess of lawyers. <laughs> lawyers. She's a powerful, beautiful goddess woman. Of the law. <laughs> Someone should should do a revamp of the Animorphs, but it's just the adventures of all the parents. Oh my god! And like how they're like moderately concerned about their kids, but their mundane day to day shit takes over. When <laughs> Rachel hasn't been home for dinner in three weeks, but I have a big case tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. And then Cassie's parents, that's who we should follow. They're so yeah, cute. I want that. And we just They're like just... got to know Jake's dad in the last book. I don't know. I like and how parents. sweet he is. And Marco's dad's great. And he'd be such a goof. Oh my God. I need this. Somebody write this fan fiction, please. Yeah, I would, I would enjoy that a lot. Oh. Oh, man. Except Tobias's family. That would be really depressing. That could be, like, the gritty part of the show that provides show. This is already a show in my head. (laughs) I'm already casting it. Jump the gun. I've jumped the gun completely. We're beyond fan fiction. This is now for TV. Tobias's family could be the friction in there that, like... Because we need that, right? We can't just have all the nice, fluffy, blah, blah, blah. We need, like, a a problem to overcome. And that's Tobias's family. Boy. So anyways, that's that's the show. Woof. <laughs> anyways, me and Rachel finds out she can start a convertible by using her grizzly claw on the ignition. Huzzah! Huzzah! So she's now careening through the factory towards the sounds of alarms. And uh, she only stopped once, and that was because at a testing station. Because remember, they're in a like consumer testing facility where they're running like all of the like stress tests on different things. There are uh, a, a gene testing station where they're stretching out genes, and she was going to look for her favorite brand and just see how it was holding up. Yeah. So anyway, she couldn't see her favorite brand because her eyes weren't good enough. So she peeled off, and she spots some hork ahead. So she just fucking guns it and proceeds to mow them down, and they're going, like, cartwheeling over the car and, uh. like, flipping into walls and like she's careening around the things fishtailing out and like going up on two wheels around corners and shit and then she hears it's she is tokyo drifting um so she hears the unmistakable roar of a tiger and she's like now i'm gonna charge into battle And (laughs) and then we cut to nice rachel who is woken up by a kick to the ribs by mean rachel and mean rachel is angry as all fuck she starts screaming at nice rachel and naomi just walks past her room and she's like rachel get off the phone and stop yelling your sister's asleep <laughs> so, uh, which i appreciate it thanks naomi but it actually works like nothing else works but me and rachel like lowers her voice and starts whispering <laughs> <laughs> oh no my mom still has control oh no um so she's like telling nice rachel she's like can you believe jake what jake said to me what he said to me he said that when i ran into this battle and then like she derails to tell about like by the way in this battle there was this awesome moment where i got my arm chopped off and i used it as a club to beat a hork bizarre and then jake has the audacity to tell me i did something wrong i did everything right i saved their asses jake is on my kill list which she has by the way (laughs) and then jake starts saying like the alarm wasn't like, I only went in when the alarm was going off. And the alarm, it, it wasn't because of them. Jake says they said it to cause a distraction. But I don't believe that. That's bullshit. And nice Rachel's kind of like, well, well I, I actually, I could, I could see his point. And, like, me and Rachel glares at her. And she's like, no, how dare Jake do that to you? And then, like, after, like, 
several minutes of this kind of bitching. Mean Rachel's like, all right, well, I'm going to bed. And literally just, like, flips over and passes out. <laughs> like, no, nothing keeping her awake at night. My emotions are rage and sleep. Yes. Well, those are my emotions, too. I, <laughs> that deeply resonates with oh, me. Oh, no. But nice Rachel starts contemplating what would happen if mean Rachel decided she didn't want to share Rachel life. And then she's like, I would be killed. So nice Rachel goes to school the next day where she's comforted by the normality that is school. Um, until Cassie comes up to her and is like, hey, there's a meeting tonight in the barn after school. And she's like, okay. And then Cassie's like, or we could go to the mall. And Rachel's like, oh, and then she's like, oh no, this is a trap. And then she's like, no, I guess we have to go to the barn. And Cassie's like, are you sure you don't want to go to the mall instead? And Rachel's like, no, we got to go to the barn. So that was some weird test that I didn't quite understand why Cassie was doing it. Um, I guess just to get a read on her personality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after Cassie left her, Marco comes up to her (laughs) and they have their next class together. So they start walking down the hallway together And Marco was suggesting, not at all subtly, that if Tobias has mean Rachel, then maybe he has a shot with nice Rachel. And nice Rachel is like, she doesn't bite in, like, to this narrative that Marco's creating. In fact, she's kind of like, wait, why wouldn't Tobias like me? And then Marco's like, oh, never mind. Uh, So let's ask her more benign questions about shit until Rachel's like, I know you're testing me. I'm not stupid. I know Jake wants to know if I'm going to blurt out all of the secrets. But then her plan that she mentions in the next sentence is she's going to go to the airport to meet her dad to blurt out all of their secrets. Uh, Whatever. Whatever. So me and Rachel... Just went to the barn. She's not going to school. Fuck school. She doesn't need to know anything. She already knows everything. It's fine. So she's like going to the barn. She's going to more fly and spy things out. It's great. And I, my note here was they both may be crazy in different ways, but you cannot say that they are ever not smart in their own way. Sure. So Eric was the first to show up and he drops the hologram and then asks Tobias, Jake, and Cassie. They all show up one by one. And once they're there, Eric informs them that the mission was failed and the Yerks will be moving the anti-morphing ray and they're being super careful about it. They're going to load up three different trucks, send them three different directions, and two of those are a decoy and one will have the actual ray on it. And then Eric goes, what's going on with the, the, the Rachels? And he's like very oddly hesitant. And so Jake's like, you know, we're dealing with it. Why? Why are you asking? What do you want to know? What's going on? And... After Jake presses Eric for a minute, he's like, well, actually, I'm I'm kind of jealous because Rachel's figured out this way about how she can go to war and then separate the two halves and she can still go through all of this terrible shit, but then she just sends all of the shit of war to her evil twin and she lives this, like, clean and squeaky happy life. And then Eric just kind of leaves <laughs> after saying that. There's no real resolution. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and then Tobias drops that Axe said there may be a way to put them back together, maybe. And that's kind of the end of that. <laughs> like, I took it to mean that he, like, he would want to get to the same thing, like, separate his, his war side from his peace side. But also the way he explained how he perceived it seemed really inaccurate to me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree because 
they both have those memories and they both have to deal with it. It's just two different methods of of dealing with it because of their personalities now. Unless he meant that he wanted to separate his war half from his peace half so that his war half could help fight the war and fight the Animorphs. Like, at first I thought he just wanted to, like, forget all the bad stuff he did. Yeah. But now I'm wondering if it was, like, to to perform as an additive so that he could live without the memories. I don't know. Because, like... I mean... In a way, though, isn't he doing that with the Animorphs? Like, he himself, he tried to be both, and he couldn't do it. So now he's the one that sends the Animorphs into the shit because he can't Yeah, yeah. Oh. So he's kind of already doing that, Ugh. but just in a more asshole way than he's already doing <laughs> it. Oh, yeah, Eric. I don't know. I, I definitely took it the the first way that you said where yeah. i was like oh he just wants to take his bad memories and kind of flush it into another version of himself yeah yeah mm. or to be able to say i didn't do anything wrong it was that guy yeah but i also feel like that's kind of a weird thing to bring up in that moment like i can see that mm-hmm. that having that internal thought just by himself but the fact that he yeah. like brings it up to the uh, i don't know it felt a little tactless to me anyway Ugh. i mean I don't think anyone has a particular amount of tact in books. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, so this is where shit starts to, I think, get dark. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just looking at my notes. Yeah, this is where they start talking about the plan about how to combine the Rachels back together and Axe leads with there's a high chance that they both may die and cassie goes that's unacceptable and then marco starts talking about how what's unacceptable is what they have now because they can't do anything with these two halves like it's unhelpful to them and cassie points out that the fisher is a lot deeper than just mean and nice she thinks that nice rachel has long-term thinking abilities but no short-term focus and mean Rachel is all reaction, but can't think of any long-term plan. Hmm. And at this point, Marco just gets even madder. And he's like, well, we can't fucking use either. They're both useless to us. And that enrages mean Rachel. So she starts demorphing and threatening him. But she's demorphing from a fly. And they quickly realize she's been hiding in the barn. And, like, they're not particularly concerned about that. But they're concerned about the fact that she's falling to the floor as this morphing fly human mess. And, like, you know, her body's, like, grinding and reshaping and everything. And she's using this whole morphing process to just say, like, fuck you, Marco, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. You don't call me useless. I'm not useless. Blah. And um, then Axe steps over towards her because she's realized now she's left herself very vulnerable. And especially when she becomes human, Axe will be able to take her out. And so Axe, when he steps over, she starts going, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me. And it just transitions back into, I'll fucking destroy you, Marco. Like, no breath in between, no thought connecting those two. Just don't kill me, don't kill me, I'll destroy you. Wow. Great. And then nice Rachel shows up and just starts screaming at this fly monster with her own face in front of her. Um, And then this turns even better. Because nice Rachel can't stop screaming at the twisted monstrosity in front of her, and mean Rachel has now launched at Marco using her weak half-fly legs and used her giant fly proboscis to cover Marco's mouth and nose so he can't breathe. Smoochies. And X, ex- <laughs> Well, yeah, it, that part. Fatal smoochies. 
Um, Axe couldn't knock her out because she had managed to maneuver Marco between them. So Axe, like, can't, like, safely reach around Marco to get to her. Uh Um, And then her proboscis did eventually go away because she's still morphing and Marco could breathe again. And so he tried to punch Rachel in the stomach. Didn't really do anything. She tried to punch him back, but she had, like, half fly arms, so it didn't really do anything. And Jake launches at her, but she manages to dodge. And this is when Tobias tries to, like, flutter down and just grab some of her hair to distract her. And Rachel shoots up an arm, grabs his leg, pulls him down to her body, and then she wraps an arm around his neck and says, if anybody moves, the chicken gets it. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. This was bullshit. And she even, like, apologizes to him, like, sorry, love, but you knew this would have to happen or something like that. Like, some bullshit fucking line um so everybody freezes and rachel starts gloating and declaring herself leader of the animorphs and all that shit and jake's like yeah no problem you're the leader i didn't want to be the leader anyways this is fine but he's kind of creeping closer to her and she's like just going on and on about how it was so easy she didn't even have to morph and she she knew how to get the better of this blah 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 She's going on and on, and when Jake gets close enough, he launches at her and punches her in the face, and the others all jump on her to restrain her limbs, and Tobias falls to the floor and then flutters up to the rafters, and the others all work to restrain her as nice Rachel turns away crying and saying, this isn't me, I am not her. (sighs) So, it was really distressing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, it just... It's another... a reason of she's just so out of control and like the fact that they're like holding her down while she's like thrashing and screaming and having another one of her rage fests like yeah and and ditzy rachel's just looking at her like holy shit it's yeah it's just tragic at this point it is and there's another point coming up where i think we might get into that a little bit more because there's an excellent line that i want to talk about yes Okay, any more thoughts or shall I continue? Okay. Um, So me and Rachel, after she calms down, they just kind of let her go because they're like, we don't know what to do with her. Like, they can't contain her or anything. So they're just like, go home. Fuck you, I guess. Um, And she storms past her sister and then tears open the door to her room and starts kicking anything she can find. She's pulling her bed sheets off. She's throwing shit around, just whatever she can to destroy the space. And she realized, like, Cassie's right. She really can't think ahead. She's trying. She's trying to figure shit out, and she just can't. It's like the future wasn't there or wasn't possible. Like, she just can't focus on it. Um, And that made her more angry. And then she notices a note in purple pen on her calendar. And the first note is called Daddy, followed by Daddy, flight 545, gate 17, and that's the moment she was like, my twin is going to betray me. I'm going to go kill someone. My twin. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, she morphed, flew out of there. Nice, Rachel, was like at the airport in like a restaurant eating a croissant that she didn't even want, but she had to order it because they don't just like let you sit there. <laughs> so she orders a coffee for her dad. She knows he'll want oh my one. God. Do you remember I when random people could just go past security into the airports? Yes. Ugh. That's how love actually happened. <laughs> Wait, there was security. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, that was the point. Uh, yeah. God. So anyway, she sees her dad, and she squeals, Daddy! Daddy! And runs over to him, 
And he gives her, like, a kiss and a hug and then asked about coffee, which the waitress was bringing over because she remembered. And then he's like, so what's going on? And nice Rachel tries to discern if he's a yerk by asking him repeatedly, are you one? Are you one? Are you one? Are you one? You're not one. Are you? Are you one? And her dad is like, am I one what? Like, he was so mad. Right. And then she's like, promise not to be one. And he's like, I can't do that if I don't know what it is. What does it even mean? Yeah. And then he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then she starts doing this whole, this enraged me more than anything else. It's not even in my notes. That's how mad I am. She was like, oh, poor, poor daddy. Daddy couldn't have possibly known. Oh, my God. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm so mad. Fuck off. Sorry, I just hate that. I hated it. I hated it so much. And she's supposed to be the planner. Yeah. There's a couple aspects of nice Rachel that I feel like I've never seen before so it felt really weird to experience them now and this was one of them but how much of it is tempered by mean Rachel because like this isn't like traits she already had separated these are like the extremes of what she has inside of her so like she's never done shit that mean Rachel has done she's never done shit that nice Rachel has done she's somewhere in the middle of these two yeah and like even their fashions like nice Rachel started wearing like mini skirts and like dresses everywhere yeah. and like mean Rachel started wearing only Timberlands and leather <laughs> I don't know but anyways she she's about to tell her dad everything and then she notices something over her shoulder or over her dad's shoulder and it's mean Rachel glaring at her and mean Rachel kind of jerks her head and nice Rachel bursts into tears and is like I have to go to the bathroom and leaves as soon as she's she's gone mean Rachel sits down at the table backwards on a chair because hello teens Ugh. hello there, and, fellow uh, teens. she's and then she's like to sup because that's an annoying thing that happened in the 90s. And uh, her dad's like, what the fuck? Are you in a cult? Which made me laugh <laughs> because of the whole my favorite murder thing. Because, you know, one of their main slogans is, you're in a cult, call your dad. Oh, really? Yeah, it's that's awesome. Great. So I was, like, laughing my ass off at this part. But anyways, um, yeah, he's like, are you in a cult? And she's like, I'm in the cult of me. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know. What does it oh, mean? This whole scene, I just it's it is blech for sure. She's like, I demand to be served now, and her dad's like, dude, stop it. And she's like, waitress, leave the ugly old woman. Serve me because I am the strong. The strong should be Shut served before up. the week. I Fuck off, of Rachel. I hate both of them, especially in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was probably the most cringeworthy it's scene. So cringy. It is. It is very cringy. And uh, and then her dad's like, Rachel, stop, stop doing it. Stop. What are you stop. doing? And he tries to put his hand on her, and she's like, I will stab him with a fork and see what happens. But then, uh, ugh, this was. I don't know if it was better or worse, but he was like, Rachel, like. I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on with you, but I want you to know that I love you very much. And she's like, ha, I wish you did, or something like that. She's like, no, you don't. Like, just doesn't fucking believe him. And 
like, this just keeps getting worse. So she's noticed now that nice Rachel is trying to sneak around behind her. And mean Rachel's like, is she trying to kill me? Is she trying to attack me? Blah, blah, blah. And her dad tries to, like, say again, like, Rachel, you know that I really, like, I love you. And she's like, shut up. I'm trying to figure something out. And then her dad, I guess, is so shocked that he does shut up. And Rachel realizes, nice, Rachel's trying to sneak around behind her. So she's like, food fight, and grabs the croissant and, like, whips it at somebody at a nearby table. And it didn't start a food fight. But it did scare off her wimpy twin. So. Ugh. Um, okay. Here's the part where we're, I think, going to have some discussion. Some intense discussion. Okay. So, nice Rachel's back at the barn with Cassie, who isn't very nice to her at all. Like, Cassie does not seem to like her. And then Tobias flies in and she greets him pretty warmly and he just says hi. And nice Rachel was, like, really hurt by this. And she accused them of liking me and Rachel more. And they're like, no, no, we don't like her more. She's fucking insane. We just want the old Rachel back. And then nice Rachel asked them, you can't ever expect me to want her back inside of me, can you? Mm. And at that moment, Jake and Marco walk in. But, like, I think this is a really important moment. (laughs) Yeah. Like... Rachel's expressed before that she's kind of scared of that part of her, but to have it be literal and to have nice Rachel be like, I never want her back inside of me is so powerful to me. Yeah, absolutely it is. And then also to have the other Animorphs not respond to her, like even Cassie not say like, I see where you're coming from. It's like they've all gotten to this point where they're like, but you have like to. Your, yeah, your functionality is more important than your feelings. Yes. Ugh. Ah, it's so powerful. Ugh. I hate right. it. Right. It is. It is so powerful. And especially because it's not like Jake and Marco were there to lead the conversation. She said this to her best friend. And her boyfriend. And her boyfriend. And they said nothing That's back so, to her. I mean, but okay. But these are the people that are closest to her and that love her the most, so maybe they just feel it more. They feel like not only do they want her functional, but they want her whole again. I don't know. Because they, they love that version of Rachel so much. I don't know. Like, they don't... I mean, that, yeah, they, that could be true. They but... don't like either of these individual Rachels. So yeah. they, I feel like they've lost more, you know? Yeah, I mean, that could totally be true. But I can't... But yeah, you're right. It is weird that... Yeah. I think it's weird. And I think especially... Well, I don't don't want to say especially from Cassie either, but I just see her being the one that would gravitate towards that more. Yeah, and honestly, like, so later on, a little bit spoilers, like, Jake has to help Rachel through some stuff. And I'm... Mm -hmm. You're right. I'm really surprised it wasn't Cassie trying to be, like, the one to, like, comfort her and get her through things. Yeah. And to put her it in a like... safe space of mind. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. And nobody does. Nobody bothers to do that in this. And I don't know if bothers is the right word, but nobody does that for her in this yeah. book. And the last book was all about them being there for Jake, them comforting Jake, them mm-hmm. trying to do what they could for Jake. And then when Rachel has this moment where she can't handle anything going on, they're like, 
Well, fuck. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought it was really... Yeah. That's interesting. Weird. Yeah. And I thought throughout this entire book... And I know that this nice Rachel and mean Rachel are... Neither of them are their friend Rachel that they love and all that shit. But Cassie was so cold throughout this entire book. So, I don't know. I just didn't like that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Oh, no. This is what brought it home for me because I just couldn't imagine Cassie who has such big feelings for all, every living She was nicer to a yerk than she was to her best friend. Exactly. And Rachel's standing there going, why don't you like me? Oh, no. I'm here. I want you to like me. And they're just like, well, you're not my friend. Oh, my God. I did not understand the gravity of the situation until now. Oh, no. I was so upset by this. Oh, yeah. I hate this. I hated this scene a lot. So I made a note to talk about this. Yeah, it's brutal. It's really brutal, and I think unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also that Jake scene later pisses me off as well, but for different reasons. And not really, kind of pertain to Rachel, but not really. (sighs) Anyways, shall we continue? Yes. Nice Rachel tries to leave at this point because she's like, if nobody wants me here, then I will go home. And then she gets scared, and she's like, but will someone walk me home? <laughs> and Jake just, like, is, like, rubbing his head, like, oh, my fucking God. And he's like, listen, we need you to go on the mission tonight. And nice Rachel's like, no, no, I can't do that. I absolutely will not do that. And Jake is like, it doesn't matter what you want. You have to go. Because this mission requires six people minimum. And he's like, you don't have to fight. You just have to be a backup if something goes wrong. And that's about the time that Crazy Rachel reveals herself, which they all kind of expected. <laughs> I was the turkey and... all along. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, like, what I happened know. here. Like, she's demorphing from... I don't even think they say what animal she's demorphing from. She's just demorphing in a stall. Like, she said, no, <laughs> I will be the one to do the mission. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my God. And, like... Like, she's literally just, like, screaming, demorphing, like, nah! And uh, everybody except for Cassie goes to battle morph. And once Rachel is fully human, she runs out of there and starts beating Jake, who is a tiger, in the head with her bare hands. Like, she's just rage, like, punching his face and his shoulders and his head. And, like, every once in a while, Jake would kind of, like, swat down one of her hands. But she's just trying to punch this tiger And Jake is literally like, this is exactly why you can't do the mission. You're trying to attack a fucking tiger. I just... (laughs) Like, uh, again, it's it's something that could be very ridiculous and funny, but punching Jake to the point of exhaustion, it kind of reminded me of Pokemon, Mm -hmm. the first movie. You know, when Pikachu's fighting its clone and the clone's just like crying and like slowly punching it because it's so fucking tired. It was just very sad to me. That was an extremely sad scene in Pokemon. Oh. And then. Yeah. (laughs) This is another moment where I, I say something and then Jake mentions it like a line later. I was like, this reminds me of David. Oh, hey, David. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And he does say, like, 
we've dealt with this before. We can deal with you. And that's when Rachel goes nuts over the David thing. Which, by the way, no matter which Rachel we're dealing with, mentioning David and, like, saying we trapped him as a Nothlet, don't fucking say that to Rachel. Don't say that to Axe because we didn't do shit. Rachel and Axe did yeah. it. Oh, like, God. I didn't even you. make that connection. <laughs> I got so mad when he did that. I was like, I literally was like, excuse me, we did nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, no. I, so you don't blame her for going crazy and punching No. Well, I mean, that was stupid. He is a tiger. Don't do that logically. Yeah. But like, it absolutely was something to get her angry and completely out of her mind with rage. Oh my god. Like, oh, so you think he that did that as a tactic? Oh my god. I think he Fuck. might have, yeah. Oh no, Jake! Oh, Yeah, that's right. Jake, you fucking manipulator wow. this whole goddamn book? Fuck that. Anyway. Jake is a manipulator. Yeah, he's getting very, very yeah. like, I say bad. He's very good at manipulation. He's getting very bad. Yeah. As a person. <laughs> he's turning into a very bad person. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, turning into no. somebody that I don't really respect a ton. Oh, no. Oh, so, ouch. I, I don't know. Okay, so here's the other thing, though. He, I think, was very good at subtly manipulating her here. Mm-hmm. He is very bad at manipulating nice yes. Rachel. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So that was interesting yeah. to me. So, all all signs point towards angry Rachel is in control. Ooh. What's a twist? <laughs> um, yeah, so th- this is, you know, shit's going down. And they compare Rachel to, mean Rachel, they compare to gunpowder. They're like, you are completely out of control with loose gunpowder, everything just blows up. There's no controlling it. The only way to use this sort of rage effectively is to control it and use it precisely. And you are just like a powder keg. You are out of fucking control. Um, and then nice Rachel objects and says, well, I can't go because I can't morph. And Jake goes, it's your duty. And this finally stirs something deep in nice Rachel. She has this very deep sense of duty. And she's like, it's fucking insane that me and Rachel didn't get this and I did but she's like I have to do it and I have to go um so mean Rachel then steps up and goes well if nice Rachel gets to go then I'm gonna go too and Jake goes oh okay you can go too and mean Rachel's like haha and then Axe just whips her across the head with the flat of his tail blade and knocks her oh out. my god <laughs> oh thank you Axe yeah uh. this was pretty fucking uh. good so yeah, he he knocks her out, and Jake says, "If she follows us into this mission, treat her like an enemy." Ooh. And then he starts, I know, mm-hmm. right? Big fucking words, uh-huh. Jake. So he starts laying out the assignments. He's like, "Okay, Marco and Tobias, you're together. Axe and Cassie, Rachel, you're with me, and they need to head out now." And nice, Rachel's like, "Well, this is because Jake doesn't trust me, but whatever. Let's go." Um, and then Cassie makes an observation. She's like, oh, I thought the sense of duty was in this part of Rachel. And Rachel replies, and I thought you were my friend. Oh! Dabs! <laughs> Dabs. Yeah! Oh, like, shit. Fucking yeah! <laughs> oh, my. I don't like any of this. No! And, like, what a great way to articulate the fact that Cassie has not been acting like herself in this oh. book. 
I hate everything about this. I know. And I know in every book, I'm always like, I don't really feel the Cassie-Rachel friendship. But, oh. like, for real, this was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they all start to morph. Rachel's going to Owl, and she closes her eyes to go to Owl. She can kind of feel it happening, and then she makes it to Owl, but she still doesn't open her eyes. So Cassie's like, you're you're done. You can do it. So she finally, like, opens her eyes, and then she's like, ah, because it was all bright. She's like, what the fuck? Um, and then Tobias is like, it's time to fly, and Rachel's like, I fucking hate the word duty. <laughs> like, fuck this. It's a stupid concept, stupid word. She doesn't want to fly. But fly they do. And nice Rachel distracts herself by starting to contemplate herself and her own core of darkness. And she's like, I've always known that there was something more than, you know, to mean Rachel than just, you know, the brave sort of side of her and the dark sort of side of her. She knew that the courage for battle came from her, but she didn't ever know kind of how deep that ran within her, like how dark she was actually getting. Um and then she tried to kind of imagine everybody else and, like, what they would be if they had split. So she decides, like, oh, yeah, Jake and Axe, they for sure have a dark version. She's like, Cassie, no, she may have, like, the tiniest bit of rottenness in her, but, like, nothing like this. And then with Tobias, she's like, oh, he's already part hawk, part boy. He's he's split the same as he is now. Which... And that was interesting. I mean, yeah, but I feel like she's talking about, like kind of good and evil, kind of. And yeah. Tobias isn't really good and evil. He's just boy and hawk. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I had the same thought, and I was trying to, like, relate it to, are they saying, like, the hawk part is all evil and the boy part's all good? Like That's what? stupid. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not at all. I think it, it's probably just to relate that duality yeah. that we should be paying attention to. Yeah. But it, it came off as weird, you're right, at the end of that, like, who's good and who's bad and blah, blah, blah. Like, and also she didn't mention Marco at all. Yeah. She just had that very obvious Fisher, and it could be I like, literally, Marco killing I literally just thought about that. She did not mention Marco. She was so quick to jump on my baby boy axe and nothing about Marco. Yeah, which was like, what the fuck? Like, axe, I mean. Talk about duty, think, my boy. Yeah. He would have, I think, he'd be up there with Cassie for not really having a dark like, side. Like, he had to do that shit to Vizzer, to, not Vizzer 3, Chapman in the last book, but he fucking hated it. And it's, yeah. I'm so indignant. I don't agree with that assessment of Axe at all. Like, sure, all of us have some shitty yes, parts yes. of us. Everybody does. But, like, I don't think Jake and Axe are on no. the same level of shit. No, 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 not even close. And X is the epitome no. of duty. Yeah, he is. Like, he even most of the shit he does that would be considered, like, gray area or bad is simply out of a sense of duty and following his prince. And that's I, that's something else. That's not, like, necessarily darkness. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, me too. He never gets enough credit. Damn it. He never does. He's Ugh. always shortchanged in Ugh. every book. I'm so mad my blood is boiling. I hope you spiral out of control and lose control of your limbs <laughs> <No>. right now. <laughs> oh, Ugh. man. Christ. But bullshit. anyways, it, well, yeah, it's total bullshit. So I think this is kind of going to go pretty 
fast from here, even though I have a lot of notes, because we won't, I think, have much to talk about until Paraphrase. the very end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they're flying out there. They get distracted, blah, blah, blah. We go through the whole thing about, like, Jake. Uh, um, so she's distracted until they get to the place where they're going, the, the business, whatever, testing facility where they were before. And um, they are just like, okay, split up. We can't look like an animal convention. Okay, great. So they're hanging out there observing everything. And Marco finally sees that there's three trucks ready to go. They're coming out right now. And that's about when Jake says, all right, we have to go land on the trucks. And Rachel's like, oh, no, 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 I cannot do that. And Jake's like, well, too bad. And dives. And she follows him. <laughs> and they're diving towards this truck and, like, screaming the whole way. She's like, I do not want to do this. No, 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 no. She's like, I'm scared. And Jake's like, yeah, I'm scared, too. But just focus and let the owl do the flying once you get close. Just, like, you see that strip, pretend it's a mouse. It'll be fine. Um, and she's freaking out, but sure enough, the owl took over to help her land it, but she tumbled anyways, caught a single talon into, like, a screw and was able to hold on, but barely, and Jake's like, okay, start to demorph. And she freaks out again, but sure enough, she does it, and her skin starts to stick a little better, and she feels more secure. And then Jake goes, okay, you have to go cockroach. And she freaks the fuck out. She's like, absolutely not. Um, so Jake's trying to talk her through this and he's like, there's a tunnel coming out. You have to morph now to not be killed by this tunnel because there's not enough clearance for you. And he's like, just close your eyes and do it. And Rachel tries to focus and morph, but her head is just spinning. She's terrified. She's, she can't choose if she wants to be killed by a tunnel or she wants to morph a cockroach. Like those two ends are <laughs> same, same for her. Oh, like, no. Oh my she, God. Fuck. Like. The fact that she literally, like, considered dying instead of doing something scary is alarming. Well, it, it is, and it scared her a ton, too, because one of the things she mentions is, like, since I've split, this is my reality now. I will always be scared of morphing, and if I keep fighting with these guys, I will always be this scared every single time. Yeah. So she's, like, really committed to that sense of duty, but also she's, like... Uh, I don't know if I can handle this long term. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So it's insane. But um, she tries it anyway. She starts to focus and she does start to go to Cockroach. She closes her eyes and everything's kind of okay because she can't really tell what's going on until a new set of legs comes shooting out of her chest. And she goes to scream, but she doesn't have vocal cords or, or a real mouth. So it's just like her mandibles moving and Jake just keeps saying, it's okay, keep going, keep going. And it does occur to her that Jake may be lying about the bridge, but she is too far gone. She completely checks out. In her mind, she's at home with a comforter pulled up to her chin and safe. And then finally Jake says, you're done, good job. And she realizes like, oh, he must have said this a ton of times. And I am just realizing now he's been talking to me. So she's like, did we make it through the bridge? And Jake just stays silent. So she's uh, like, well, that's about right. The mission always comes first for Jake. Uh, yes. Uh, that's bullshit. On Jake's part, that is such big bullshit. <laughs> I just got really upset that Jake manipulated her here. Yeah. So um, 
that's about the time when they pass from a colder air into somewhere warmer. And Jake's like, well, this is odd. And he starts to say demorph, but it's cut off by a hissing sound and Rachel is knocked out. Um, Rachel wakes up. She's trapped in a small box. She starts trying to demorph and she's screaming. And Jake just says, don't demorph, you'll die. And Rachel realizes she's trapped as a cockroach in a tiny box. And she just starts screaming. We cut to mean Rachel. <laughs> we cut to mean Rachel. She snaps awake, immediately enraged. She was going to go after them and kill her mewling nitwit of a twin. She was enraged. She morphs to owl and flies out into the night, trying to get as much altitude as possible because her only chance here is pure luck. She has no idea where they're going, and she doesn't have the mental capacity to figure it out. Um, she rages for a while, feeling that blinding, crippling rage come on when she spots something. A truck with herself morphing a cockroach on top of it. So she follows this truck as best she can, but of course it's driving at highway speeds, so it's getting away from her. Um, she does catch up to it when it turns onto a little ramp, and that allows her a few seconds, but not enough, because then the, the truck starts speeding down another highway. So she's trying to follow it. It's almost out of sight when in the long view she sees brake lights. She's like, fantastic. And she's like, my chance has come. And she's plotting this whole time how she's going to kill Rachel and Jake. And she's like, I'm going to tear off their legs and I'm going to eat them. And she's like, but something's bothering me. And then she's like, the tearing off the legs part, good eating them something's not right here but she can't figure out what it is oh, God. so she watches the truck pull into a building and just flies right in nice rachel has now dissolved into just moaning and screaming in this oh. cube that they've trapped her in and jake is trying to calm her down but he is failing miserably He's like, remember, we've been in tough spots before. Remember the dolphins with all the sharks. And remember the president when we were in the column. And <laughs> Remember the good like, times. Right. He's just like bringing up all of these missions that they've been on and saying it's like. not helping. It's not. She's freaking out <laughs> even more. Like that's. He's like trying to say like, we've always made it out. And she's like, oh, it's just getting worse. Yes. Um. So then when Rachel starts screaming, like actually screaming in his head, he orders her to stop. So she does. He orders her to look around and see if there are any Horkbajir nearby. And she's like, okay. And she's like kind of stammering and stuttering through it. But she's looking around and she sees some shapes. She's like, yeah, those are Horkbajir, I guess. And then she sees a red glowing light and realizes it's a countdown timer. And then she just starts moaning again. And Jake's like, listen, they don't even know that they have andalites or animorphs. He's like, they don't know. They don't know anything. They don't know how long we've been in morph. They don't know if we're even andalites. They know nothing. Like, this is just a ruse. They're just hoping and guessing. And it doesn't help. Rachel is just moaning in her own head and screaming. Like, he can't say anything to help her. Um... And then, all of a sudden, her cube was grabbed and sliced. She was tumbling through the air. Cut back to mean Rachel. Mean Rachel saw the hork and was like, I have a hork morph. Fuck this. So she joins them. And she's just, like, hanging out next to them. Like, da-da-da-da-da. And they're all just standing there. And Rachel's like, this is boring. And the other hork like, it won't be once Visitor 3 arrives. And she's like, okay. And then cuts out his fucking throat. What the and then fuck? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then she turns to the second hork who is stunned and cuts his guts open so they spill across the floor. The third hork managed to trip some kind of alarm before Rachel also spilled his guts all over the floor. Stop and this! I know! And then Calm mean down. Rachel's just like... I'm going to slice all of these bug boxes open because I'm going to find my cousin and my twin and kill them. So she's like slicing all the boxes open. And at some point, more hork file in. So she's like going to attack them. She manages to step back and crunches a bug. And she goes, I hope that wasn't one of them because I want them to know that I'm the one that killed them. What the? I know. It's like. It's nuts. I feel like rage is usually provoked. This is not. This is just psychopath. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Psychopathic killing, for sure. Yeah, this is like, I get off on killing. Mm-hmm. I love blood. What the fuck? This is deeply upsetting for a 13-year-old girl. They weren't kidding when they said she has a darkness inside of her. Yeah, but this is like... I know, it's it's a lot. Um, so then before her, Visitor 3 appears, and... She starts to threaten him, and then he just starts monologuing back, and he was like, I'm going to break you. I know the Andalite mind. I'm going to play on your severe fears of Andalite claustrophobia. So then the walls start, like, moving in to crush her, and, like, Rachel's just like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Visitor 3 is like, call me when you start freaking out. So... That's where he leaves the room, and it's just, like, Star Wars crushing her slowly. So then Nice Rachel is aware that she's freed, and she's terrified. She's terrified of being a cockroach. She's also terrified to demorph. So she's like, which of these two fates is worse? She's like, I'll demorph. It'll be fine. And as she comes out, she sees mean Rachel, who has pointed out their current predicament of the walls coming in. And Mean Rachel's like, I'm going to kill Visitor 3, but I can't get at him. And Nice Rachel's and Mean Rachel, like, start this whole dialogue, and it's, like, them problem-solving together, where they're like, oh, Visitor 3 might see us, and then Nice Rachel's like, well, I don't think he can, because he would have come in here if he saw us morph to human, like, then he'd know we weren't Andalites, and Mean Rachel's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, as they start working through this, Mean Rachel realizes, like, I can't come up with a plan. So she asks Nice Rachel, what do I do? And Nice Rachel is horrified that Mean Rachel is asking her. <laughs> but she does come up with a plan. So Nice Rachel morphs to hork and calls Visitor 3. And she goes, Visitor 3, these blades are good. Almost as good as my Andalite blades. And Visitor 3 goes, oh, and you think you can cut your way out of here, do you? And she's like, no, but I can cut my own throat. And just like that, the walls back up. The things lower. <laughs> I know, right? I implore you to reconsider. <laughs> I do implore you to reconsider. Um, so everything recedes. There's an army of hork and Visitor 3 standing at attention. Mean Rachel, meanwhile, goes out into fly morph and starts flying around in her crazy loopy way. While Visitor, one, or Visitor 3 and Nice Rachel have a standoff where they're both threatening each other. Eventually, Mean Rachel lands on Visitor 3's head, and that's about the time that Nice Rachel is, like, running out of steam and can't really carry on a conversation because of who she is. <laughs> because of who she is as a person. Yeah, exactly. And then Mean Rachel's like, Visitor 3, I'm in your head! 
And he's like, oh my god, there's two of them. And she's like, I'm in your ear canal. I can almost see the yerk in your brain. All it would take would be me demorphing to blow your brains out. What do you think would happen then? And Visor 3 was silent for two full minutes until he goes, you! <laughs> and that's it. That's all you, he can come up with. Do, you! Do, do <laughs> More silence. And then he's like, oh, well, what do you want? And this is where Mean Rachel, like, messages Nice Rachel and is like, what did what did we want? What did we say we wanted? I forgot. And Nice Rachel's like, safe passage out. And so within five minutes, they're running away, completely safe. And once they make it further into the woods, Nice Rachel starts breaking down and demorphing and crying over Jake and saying, like, he was such a good boy. <laughs> and then Jake's like, I'm right here. And he's like, it turns out I was the cockroach all along. <laughs> He's like, mean Rachel stepped on me, and then I just made my way over to nice Rachel to hitch a ride. And he's like, I basically just needed the two of you to figure out that you needed each other to work together to get the fuck out of here. And, like, nice Rachel's immediately like, I see what you mean. And mean (laughs) Rachel's like, fuck you for not saying you were with us. Fuck this. Fuck her. I don't need anything. And uh, Jake, like... This, this is another one of my favorite parts because um, Jake's like, listen, I need both of you to agree to Axe's plan to do this. And me and Rachel is still refusing and like, you know, getting like upset with him. And Jake gets frustrated and Jake goes full Shia LaBeouf and he's just like, do it. Just do it. You just got to do it. Like repeatedly. It's amazing. <laughs> so I was like full Shia LaBeouf scene. I love it. So they cut back to the barn, as always, and Mean Rachel and Nice Rachel are sitting across from each other. They place their hands on each other's shoulders, and Marco starts saying, Do you, Rachel, take me in? Somebody shuts him the fuck up. Get out of here. Seriously, they're like, Marco, fuck off. Um, So they they have their hands on each other's shoulders, and Axe tells them to begin acquiring each other at the exact same time. So Cassie counts to three, and they begin... Then they nod to Eric, who steps in and surprises both of the Rachels with a massive jolt of energy. And Axe goes, morph each other now! And they're in, like, horrific pain and everything. And Nice Rachel's like, I don't think I can do it! But then she starts. And sure enough, this weird fucking scenario that Axe has created has them morphing and melding. And after a moment, they are together again. And Rachel blinks, confused, because she can feel, like, both parts of her together now. And they are like... Are you are you okay? Do you want to sit down? And Rachel's like, no. And Cassie goes, okay, well, if you want to talk, I'm here. I'm here for you. And she goes, thanks, Cassie, but then looks up at Tobias, and Tobias just says, let's go. The two of you and the two of me. My heart. My heart. It broke. That's, that's this. How do you feel? Distressed noises. <laughs> so, do you want to launch immediately into character ratings? Sure. All right, let's oh, talk god. about Jake. Oh my god. I thought he was a really good leader, but he was also a huge dick in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of goes hand in hand sometimes. In my first read-through, I liked him, but the more we talked about him, the more I'm like, wow, he was kind of harsh. I liked him at some points, and at other points, I was like, wow, dude, you are going to some dark places. Like, 
I can see your line moving a little further on what you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. But I loved, like, reading him and everything he did. And he was a very strong player in this book. So I will do a three for him. Doc, two points for likability. Yeah, I'll follow along with your three as well. And I, I'll the only thing I'll add to that, because I agree with everything you said, is I did, like the points where he showed like how much this was wearing on him that this was yeah. happening. Yeah. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. Like um, I thought he did the best with what he had. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. Um so what about Tobias? Um not a s not a super prominent player in this book. Um but he was good. Okay. He was a good boy. A four I guess. I'm gonna go ahead and give him a three just for that scene that we talked about where I thought he would somehow be a bigger player in like the two different Rachels and trying to like find pieces sure and, like, oh, help that's out. a good point and I think he really failed <laughs> that's a good point hmm especially for somebody who though like we didn't hear until the last sixth of this book that he struggled with the duality that she could relate to. You think he would know some tricks? Yeah, okay, that's true. And honestly, the first read through, I thought that last line, the two of you and the two of me, was really strong. Mm-hmm. But upon yeah. talking about it, I was I, I don't know. It was only mentioned kind of once and it didn't really quite fit with the context, so it seems less yeah, important to me now. Um, I I think if it had have been if we had seen echoes of it throughout the book and that was the culminating line yeah it, it would have been perfect yeah but everything in there was cut that's true hmm all right yeah that's a good point it's like he was I mean you don't you don't have to change no it I know but <laughs> I think I think I gave Tobias a higher rating than Jake because I like Tobias a lot yeah i liked i I, like personality wise or character wise i liked tobias better in this book yeah like i hold tobias to a higher standard of behavior than jake (laughs) i guess okay yeah i can see that okay i'm actually gonna knock him down to uh 3.5 all of my criteria are completely arbitrary (laughs) every book it changes yes um what about axe <laughs> the struggle five. is real. Five the end. Five the end. I could see five the end. I could be I could be five the ended for Axe. He's not he's barely in this book, but he's my he, favorite and I want to. Yeah. He's barely in this book, but he does like when they're trying to dance around calling Rachel insane, he is the one that's like reckless and violent. <laughs> like <laughs> I just I like the like four to five lines he had in the book were all very good. So I'll just I'll five and him. Yep. Sure. So then what about Cassie? Mm, I'm scared. I'm scared about the future of Cassie and Rachel. That whole like I thought you were my friend thing. Yeah. Oh just ow. Super, super agree with that. Oh, I didn't really like Cassie in this book, honestly. I'm giving her a fat old one really <laughs> yeah oh and i i did a thumbs down motion while i did that so if that adds any weight to my one <laughs> i would like that to be noted uh. sorry i didn't mean to like interrupt you with that no, character no, no, no. rating no, but no, i just no. could not yeah i'm kind of leaning around the two myself 
I was debating between a two and a one, oh. and then I just kept replaying in my head when the nice Rachel was like, just like, why don't you like me? I don't understand. And they were just like fucking bullies. Yeah. Like, she just was so awful to her. So do you hold Cassie to a higher standard than Tobias in that moment? It's, I mean, because it was like we talked about, you expected, like, of all people, Cassie would be the one to be, like, nice to her. I think it was because Tobias was more silent than mean, but Cassie was actually cold and mm-hmm. actually, like, the one saying, no offense, we just want Rachel back, we don't want you. Sure. It just felt to me like Cassie had all of these chances to like try and get to know at least nice Rachel like mean Rachel was off the fucking deep end like yeah, yeah. I totally understand you can't connect with her because that's she that's is the part of mental. Rachel that scares her right she's mentioned exactly. that before right so you'd think when that part is removed that Cassie could relate to Rachel and see this is more like how she was before the war this is more the Rachel that I knew yeah she's ditzier yeah she's not as quick but she has that innocence that Cassie gravitated toward. And I think that Cassie should have been there for her more instead of betraying her, instead of trying to put her to test that Cassie didn't even bother to do the normal thing when she's testing somebody of being their friend and trying to relate to them. She yeah. literally was like, I'm phoning it in today because I don't give a shit about this person. And I, I just hated that. And I don't think it was very much like Cassie at all. I think she's normally very uh-huh. compassionate and she's very caring towards everybody. And so I don't know why this sudden animosity towards her best fucking friend came into play. I don't know. And I also, there was like that one moment where they said that the two Rachels might be able to merge together, but it's very likely that they'll both die. And she was like, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't, her, that's not really backed up by the rest of her behavior in the book. No, and when they finally go to do it, Cassie never has that moment. Like, when Jake had to die because Cryak said so, yeah. it was, like, earth-shattering to her. When, they like, the second time they're going through with this, instead of being like, oh, my God, should we think about this? Like, this could be the end of my best friend. She was like, I'm fucking sick of these two. Get them done with. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, so not backed up. And it was just so not like her as well. Mm. Which is really surprising because Applegate wrote this book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. Let's move on. I'm sad. Okay. Did you give her a rating? Yeah. Or two? I kind of feel bad rating Tobias higher than her, but uh, whatever, too. You you can rate them the same. I won't, I won't hold it against you. No. Mark Okay. Up. Marco. Marco's probably going to get a low rating from me. Yeah, Marco deserves a low rating. All of those creepy fucking comments about dating one of the Rachels. I I expected maybe one joke from him, but it just kept happening and I didn't appreciate it. I don't know. The one thing that um, did strike me, this isn't Marco specific, but... I loved the fact that, like, as much as Rachel, nice Rachel, originally was like, I like all the boys. All the boys are cute. Blah, blah, blah. If Jake wasn't like, my cousin, gross. Right. By the it, way. Which is so fucking weird. But um, 
like she did kind of remain loyal to Tobias throughout like when they they were like oh yeah Tobias like you can be with me and she's like why wouldn't Tobias like me like mm-hmm. she for as ditzy and airheaded as she was she remained loyal to Tobias and mean Rachel for sure remained loyal to Tobias until she tried to kill and him. Until she tried to kill... Well, even then, she said my love before. You understand why I have to kill you. Yeah. You get it. Like, the other thing was she thought she was being nice a lot of the time when she would say really mean things, so... Sure. Like, that was brought up repeatedly throughout the book, so I don't know. I just... I liked that, and I hated how hard Marco tried, because it was, like, that duality for him of, like, not only is he making creepy fucking comments, he's also not respecting a no. Yeah. So that's what I didn't like about him in this book. Yeah. And also, he didn't really do a lot. He didn't really do anything. Rachel drove the truck this time. Yeah. Rachel was the bad driver this time. I mean, I guess I'm just going to give him a one as well. Because I I don't feel right rating him higher than Cassie. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and for both of them, because I'm split decision between one and two for both of them, give them both a 1.5. I think that's So I'll boost my... Cassie rating a bit. Yeah, I was gonna give Marco 1.5. Okay. Just because I... We're in agreement. I don't think I've ever given a character a 1 before. Because I I do love all of them, but... David we've given negatives to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, David doesn't count. He's terrible. (laughs) He is terrible. Uh, Rachel, how do we want to go about this? Do you want to rate both the nice and the mean Rachel? It's so hard. It's so hard. I... Ugh... Bad Rachel was, like, everything I didn't like about Rachel in, like, the first few books. Mm-hmm. Multiplied times ten. So I, like, couldn't yeah. stand her. But I also couldn't stand Ditsy Rachel. Like, I hated both of them. But I love Rachel as a complete person. So, ugh, I don't know. Or do we want to rate mean and nice Rachel and then just pick the rating that those both net out to? Yeah, I was gonna say that. Because I really don't know what whole Rachel was like in this book. Yeah, she only had, like, two lines. Yeah. What what are you going to give Nice Rachel, Mean Rachel, and then their combined score? Mm. I liked or, the moments like, of blind rage with Mean Rachel. Like, those yeah. were my favorite parts. Even though that's obviously when she was, like, suffering the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think Ditsy Rachel got more nuanced as the book went on. So mm-hmm. I will say... a. Two for Ditsy Rachel and a yeah, probably a two for both of them actually. Okay, so so a two overall. Yeah, I liked the overall effect that they both had, but I hated both yeah. of them individually. I hated Ditsy Rachel. That's the end. Yep. Yep. Of my statement. Yep. Kind of like her arc towards the end of the book, she yes. redeemed herself a little. Yeah. I mean, Rachel, I related to in a way that scares me on a human level <laughs> but yeah i there's no way i can give her a five just because she's my favorite there's just no fucking way <laughs> i think god i think i'm gonna give her a three um wow. because i want to take as much as i i'm giving i don't know if i can mathematically do that because i don't want to give me and rachel a five i want to give her like a four mm-hmm. and i want to give ditzy rachel like a one this is a very disgust-worthy book. It is. It is. And so we should abruptly end it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have any last thoughts or do you want to pull us together? I just want to know how this is going to affect Rachel in the future. Like how 
Oh, I'll just leave it at that. Y'all can take that where you want to go with it. I know. This was like taking all of her concerns about her personality and how dark she's getting and just boom, blowing it right out of the water. Yeah, and just like shoving her face in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll have some implications, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Where do we live on the internet? Uh, we live on Gmail at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. So you can send us emails and tell us how we're bad at history. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Animorphs Anonymous is our main page. Or you can go to our super secret, super awesome group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Uh, and you can also find us on the Tweetor at Animorphs Anon. You can find us on Instaslam at Animorphs Anonymous. And I think that's it. Uh, you can find our podcast <laughs> wherever podcasts are available online for free, including but not limited to iTunes, Google Play. Oh, wait. iTunes is going away. What? iTunes is dying. They're they're Fuck. discontinuing it. Anyway, not iTunes eventually, but I think now you can. Uh, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Spotify. The end. All right. Well, let's um, split in half and go our separate ways as starfish people. <laughs> Two hearts. Feet as one. Okay, bye-bye! Bye!